Hey, Jason here. Today's video, I'm going to answer the question, should you invest in um, Energy Transfer L Limited Partnership Stock Ticker ET? This is an investment analysis for FDA 9992 on YouTube. Before I get to that, though, I need to let you know you can get serious podcast anywhere in the world for free on major po podcasting platforms, Anchor, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and more. You can get this part of the value investment podcast anywhere in the world for free. And if you like this video and our other videos, make sure to subscribe bell so you know that all uh, when we release new videos we're releasing new videos all the time if you see my other videos i apologize excuse me i don't want to do this but i have to do this because every time i don't i get nasty comments so this analysis is for informational purposes only i do not <laughs> short sell stocks ever um so any stock i talk negatively about i don't make money off of it i also don't own stock in any uh, company I talk positively about, so I don't make money of any stock I talk positively about. I'm doing this analysis to show you um, the very initial stage of my analysis, so or so you can learn how to find or how to evaluate stocks better and faster and more efficiently, so you can spend less time looking at crap stocks, more time looking at good potential stocks. Um, why should you listen to anything I have to say? Um, in the first nine years of my career, I've produced average annual investment returns in the for portfolios I manage, 23.5% per year. That puts me just behind the great Warren Buffett in the first nine years of his career when he produced 24.2% returns. Um, these numbers legitimately make me one of the best stock pickers in the world over the last nine years. I'm not saying any of this to brag. Um, I, I'm saying it to prove to you that I actually know what I'm talking about a little bit. So with that said, again, I apologize. I don't want to say any of that. I have to. Let's get to the analysis. Okay. Full transparency. I have evaluated this company before with a student of mine. Um, so I have a little bit more knowledge of this company than uh, for most companies I look at. But still, we did not, if memory serves me right, we did not. I think we started going through the annual report on this. So I do, again, have a little bit more um, insight in this company than otherwise, or the, than most companies I look at, but that I will try not to let that bias me in any way with what I'm saying here. Okay, first thing, 5.7% dividend, it's massive. Um, I have a rule of thumb. Anytime a company has a dividend over 5%, you need to be wary. You need to check out its cash flows, you need to check out its debt levels, you need to check out its shares, issuances, all that stuff. Um, because typically if a company has a dividend yield over 5%, it's a sign, it's typically a sign the company may be in trouble. There are caveats to that, like Altria, which I think has a 7.2% dividend right now, and they're a cash cow. Um, and this, in this case, uh, or two more caveats to that rule are REIT and limited partnerships, uh, master limited partnerships, MLPs, um, which this is, and that MLPs, are um it doesn't have it down here i thought it might have it down here but uh mlps are legal structures i think well it, definitely in the us and canada um i'm not sure if it's worldwide but they have to legally pay out they get tax advantages and stuff like that um in exchange for that they have to pay out i think it's 90 percent of their profits as dividends so that's another reason they have huge dividends typically um same thing for reits they have 
legal tax structure, but those are most uh, MLPs to go back and finish that thought are mostly in oil, natural gas, um, natural resources companies, REITs, real estate investment trusts are mostly real estate companies. Um, they have a very similar structure and they also have to pay out 90% of dividends, 90% uh, of the profits as dividends as well. Okay. Energy, energy transfer owns a large platform of crude oil, natural gas, and natural gas liquid assets, primar primarily in Texas and the U.S. mid-continent region. Its pipeline network transports about 22 trillion British thermal units per day of natural gas and 4.3 billion million barrels per day of crude oil. It also has gathering and processing facilities, one of the largest fractionation facilities in the U.S., and fuel distribution. Energy Transfer uh, also owns the Lake Charles Gas Liquid Liquidification. There we go. Facility it combined. It combined is publicly traded. It combined. Oh, it combined its publicly traded limited and general partnerships in October 2018. Okay, that was a weirdly weird paragraph. Okay. This right here, I don't care much about PE. This is one sign the company may be massively undervalued. I look for anything on 20 for four PE, which is what this is. Price sales, again, I don't care about at all, but anything typically below two is a reasonable estimate that the company might be undervalued. Um, but again, I don't really care about either of those much. Okay, it's revenue has skyrocketed from 2011. I'm guessing through, looks like maybe a couple different mergers. Um, from 8.2 billion in 2011 to 44.3 billion in the trailing 12-month period. However, this revenue is down in the trailing 12-month period from a high of just under 56 billion in 2014. Why? I know partially is that reason is oil and gas prices have gone down generally since then. Um, that's part of it. They may have also, and that was probably a big part of it in 2020 because they took a big hit in 2020 full year. It looks like. Um, down from 54.2 billion in revenue in 2019, all the way down to 38 point, uh, 39 billion rounded up in 2020, um, likely due to the oil and gas demand excess or demand glut and supply excess um, that came about as COVID and people not driving and traveling as much. Operating income is fantastic growth from 1.2 billion in 2011 to 8.6 billion in the trailing 12 month period operating margins are fantastic i look for anything about 10 percent on a consistent basis um they hit that for most of the decade they had in 2012 through 2017 they had below 10 percent operating profit margins 2011 2018 2019 2020 they had above 10 percent operating profit margins and in trailing 12 month period their operating margin is almost 20%. So that is fantastic. Dividends are going up because uh, actually they're in general up. They're not overall. They are overall up, but not up on a consistent basis every year. Our payout ratio, this is important to watch for um, MLPs, is above 100% of their earnings. Uh, for most of the last decade. That means the company's issuing shares and or debt to fund this dividend. In this case, they have issued a ton of shares.
um, up from 891 million in 2011 to 2.7 billion in the trailing 12 month period um, which means and it's been a while again I've done this before but I th think they had a massive destruction of value in the last 10 years because of that yes um, actually not in the last decade they've only lost 4.7 percent but since 2015 kind of at the oils and natural gas height their price is way down so a lot of this isn't due to dilution it's due to um, oil and gas prices going down the reason I expected it to be from dilution is because they've diluted shareholders enormously um, since 2011 and that means by what about a little under three times no a little over three times they've diluted shareholders which means all else remaining equal their shares are worth three times less than they were um, back in 2011 why does that happen because they have um, earnings per share or companies are valued based on their uh, the profits and cash flows they produce over time and when you have more shares in this case about 3x more shares it means the company has to spread that amount over three times more shares usually when that happens it drives the company's per share price down which drives the over overall value of the company down i think we looked at a company actually that was 97 percent um, down in the last decade a while ago because they had so much share dilution um, in this case that has not happened partially because the company is using this capital well it looks like to either acquire companies to grow um, and it's definitely increasing its cash flow enormously but we need to work out from um, if that's from debt issuance though, issuances though either so we haven't gotten to that part yet so far very good looking stuff though ROICs are okay I like for anything above 10% on a consistent basis they have averaged probably about four to six percent on average over the last decade that's okay um i can already tell the company has a decent amount of debt because roe return on equity is levered by debt and this is 17.1 roic is not levered by debt and it's at 8.1 so the bigger roe is compared to roic the more company the debt uh the more debt the company has so this being more than 2x it's roic means the company has a decent amount of debt Free cash flow to sales margin again great in the last 12 months um, not great most of the decade um, as it was growing we need to figure out if that's because of debt issuances and actually let me go back and it might have been i don't know we'll see when we get there but the debt levels have been pretty similar company doesn't have a ton of cash and short-term investments which makes sense because they have to pay out their um, I think it's 90% for MLPs of their profits as dividends so that means they don't have enough cash or the, they, that means they don't have a ton of cash and that's also another reason they, ha they have to issue shares in debt um, as well but PP&E makes up a huge percentage of the balance sheet which makes sense because they are in pipelines and stuff like that um, long-term debt they have a lot of long-term debt 70% of their balance sheet is make up, made up of long-term debt um, that's a lot. <laughs> okay, this is interesting. The cash conversion cycle is down. 
over aha that's why over the last decade um which is a little bit surprising but it happened because it's they're taking them slightly longer to sell their stuff shorter amount of time or shorter amount of inventory in storage but their payable payables period is um moved out farther so they're paying this means they're paying their suppliers um in 41 days on average instead of 29 days on average in the last decade or in, uh in 2011 what does this mean that essentially the company is it's this is one sign the company is being becoming more efficient because it's lower over time the cash conversion cycle however uh the big reason this is this is down is because they're pushing the payables period out what does that mean that they're keeping more cash in the business um which is typically a good thing for companies okay they have a enormous amount of debt 48.6 billion in debt oh compared to their market cap of 29 billion so what this means is that the company has more net debt. And the reason I didn't even talk about cash here is because they don't, <laughs> they have 360 million in cash compared to 48.61 billion in debt. So what this means is that the company has more net debt than the entire market cap by about $20 billion. Um, what that means is that all else remaining equal, the company after, the company's equity is worth about $20 billion in the negative um, when you consider only its balance sheet um, because shareholders' equity is what you get when you at the bottom of the balance sheet. Um, it's the money left over after subtracting total assets and total liabilities. Um, so in this case, again, this means the company has $20 billion about more in debt than the co entire company is worth. Um, the reason I worded as I did though is because this doesn't include the company's operations which are valuable um, which does give the company value but that is a massive drag that amount of debt is a massive drag on the company's overall valuation another way to put that is if the company had zero debt it would be worth about 20 billion dollars more um, probably more than that frankly because it would be a far safer investment 20 to 40 billion dollars more um, it, it would be worth because or without that debt okay other property plant and equipment um that makes it up a huge balance of their um, balance sheet as well 95 billion dollars rounded up um in value there which of course again makes sense because pipelines and equipment and stuff like that. Okay. Intangible assets is eight billion. What is that? Gross goodwill and others. So that's from acquisitions and other intangible assets. It doesn't break it down very well. does in the prior quarter though so most of that is customer relationships which is interesting i would want to know what that was specifically Sure, 
short-term debt, they have pretty much none. Their long-term debt is extraordinarily high, though, for their size of their company. Um, extraordinarily high. <laughs> And actually, in this case, because of the value of their property, plan, and equipment, they do not have a negative shareholder equity value, which I expected to see. Um, however, it's at $34.25 billion positive right now. Again, without that debt, this is how much of a drag this is on the company. Without that debt, let's say they had zero debt, this would be about $75 billion. More than that, actually, it was $48 billion, wasn't it? So $85-ish billion dollars. Um, that's what the total equity would be. Okay. Impairments. They had impairments, write-offs, write-downs of their assets. $1.7 billion in the last year. I'm assuming these write-offs are due to, um, gas prices or oil prices cratering during covid which likely tripped um some of these impairments when an impairment happens it means that value is wiped off the balance sheet so in the last trailing 12 month period um the last 12 months um et has lost about 1.7 billion dollars in value from its balance sheet which lowers the underlying intrinsic value of the company by about 1.7 billion dollars that is not good. Frankly, not expected though, with all the craziness that happened last year. Other than that, pretty straightforward um, stuff. Paying debt from issuing debt and issuing shares. Again, as expected. Um, why do I say that's expected? Because most MLPs grow rapidly through acquisitions, um, and they, because that happens, they typically overpay for acquisitions. Um, it also means they typically have a lot of debt and or they issue a lot of shares. Um, so a lot of this is not expected. It's not good, <laughs> of course, especially from my perspective, um, but it's not unexpected for this industry. Okay, so here's where most companies go to die for me. Valuation. And its valuation is not terrible, um, like most companies we look at here. I don't care much for PE, price of cash flow forward PE, but when I do, I want these to be under 20. PE is at 8.3. Price to cash flow is at 2.71. Forward P is at 4.66. Um, this is the most important number here, the enterprise value to EBIT. Um, I look for anything under 8. To consider the company undervalued this is at 10.5 which means the company is about fairly valued right now um i would not however having said all this i would not continue researching this company further because of its massive debt load um yes mlps in this industry um sustain themselves off of debt and share issuances the massive share issuances um what more than 3x and the debt issuances um, that are well the debt levels that are 20 billion dollars more than its entire market cap scare me um i need a margin of safety when i invest in stocks one of those things is yes of course 
preferably I want the company to be undervalued or at worst fairly valued. Um, another parts of that is low-ish low debt levels compared to its cash flows and stuff like that and operational value created um, from the operations, not through acquisitions, not for overpaying for acquisitions, not issuing shares or issuing debt to acquire stuff. Um, there's not enough margin of safety in this business for me to buy from my, the portfolio as I manage. However, it's an interesting company. Um, what my student found when he saw this company is the, go back and check, the uh, huge um, operating profits and the huge free cash flows. Yes, those are important. And yes, I'm looking at those right now to confirm what I was saying. But there's more to the story. So this is where um, investing becomes more of an art than science. You can't just look at the metrics. Um, yes, the metrics are important. They're an important starting point, And that's why they're part of my initial analysis. But it's more important to not only know what to look for, but why it's important to look for those things. Um, for example, again, it helps also know the industries as well. Sorry, my dog was scratching at the door. Um, you need to know more about why things mean what they mean. Yes, it's important that they're on the worksheet, and if it's a company's capacities, that's important, yes. Or if it doesn't capacities, that's a good thing in the, to know in the negative sense. It's important to know why, because these everything's on the worksheet, which I'll tell you how to get. Um, that we just went through, we went through the visual portion of my analysis. I'll tell you how to get the worksheet so you can do it to fill this out yourself. The reason this is important is because if you just go with the metrics, you're going to get into a lot of bad shape. How do I know? <laughs> because when I first started investing, that's all I went off of was the metrics, um, the ratios, the numbers. I Most of the time, I didn't even know what the company did. Seriously. <laughs> um, and Mr. Market kicked me in the teeth with a 50% loss within six months of investing real money um, for myself at that time, not in the portfolio I managed, but for myself. That happened because I didn't know what the underlying things meant. That's why this is so important. Um, to understand if something says this, these are the various things it could mean. Here's where I can look. That time it was my littlest one coming in. Um, I apologize for that, but it's so important to know where to look for these kinds of things because you can learn not just the underlying metric, but you can learn 10 in some, like for the cash owners cycle, you can learn eight to 15 things just with that one number. And all of these numbers are like this. So that's why I focus on these kind of things. Um, in all these early analysis, because again, if something doesn't surpass this threshold for me, I don't even go to stage two for my analysis, which is actually writing the worksheet out um, on my computer screen. And I've shown a couple of those. And if something doesn't surpass that, we don't get to the third stage of my analysis, which is actually reading the financial statements, the 10Ks, the 10Qs, the proxies. Um, so I don't even do that until I get to third stage of my analysis. Um, but I do that because I've built this process out that I'm sharing with you now. So I hope this helped. I hope you, um, if I missed something, if I should explain something better, let me know in the comments below. FDA 992, thank you for recommending this. This is a great case study. Um, I think this is the fourth, fifth, sixth video you've recommended. Um, so thank you seriously for watching and recommending these. Um, I hope others are enjoying it well. If you want me to evaluate a stock like this for you, 
every stock I've evaluated the last two, three, four months now has been from viewers' comments. If you want me to evaluate a stock for you, I'll do so anywhere in the world. There are only three caveats. Cannot be a bank, because I don't evaluate banks. Can't be an insurance company, because you have to actually dig into the 10Ks for those. Um, and it has to be producing revenue. Why? Because we did some analysis of companies that weren't producing revenue, and it was frankly pretty boring because there's nothing to analyze because at this stage again i don't care what the company says it's going to do i need the numbers to actually evaluate stuff at this stage so um if it meets those three criteria i'll look at a stock anywhere for you in the world um if it meets those three criteria sorry i'm getting distracted by my cat now <laughs> so i love working from home um so <laughs> sorry she's trying to walk on my computer um if you like those videos, or if you like this video, make sure to like, love, comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. We really appreciate it. We all really appreciate you watching. Um, we all are, uh, make sure if you do like our videos, sorry, to subscribe, hit the notification bell so you're notified every time we release a new video, because we release new videos all the time. If you listen on the podcast, all that same stuff, really appreciate it. Also really appreciate a review, because the more reviews, views, and listens we get, the more people we can help. If you're looking for more help on to become a better investor faster, uh, make sure to check out our free resources below, including our five free gifts, which includes the full written template that we just went through the visual portion. You can get the full written template, which is the second stage of my analysis. Um, you can get that as part of five, five free gifts below. You can also get a free PDF copy of my book, How to Value Invest, and a free copy of our guide, Seven Tips to Picking Great Stocks and Three Times You Must Sell. You can get all three of those at the links for free below. If you're looking for more help from me on how to become a better investor faster, uh, make sure to check out our newly relaunched masterclass that I'm super excited about. Um, the student that I was talking about, he's in that masterclass. He brought this company to me and we evaluated it with him one-on-one. Um, I will do that with you, um, with any stock you want to look at. Um, we look at it and we will go through the, we will go through this initial stage of analysis. If it fits those, then I'll show you how to read financial statements word for word that's part of this program so uh and much more but if you want that information make sure to check out the link for the masterclass below this as well but until next time have a great day talk soon bye